Praise be to Allah, and may peace and blessings be upon the Prophet and upon his family and companions and all who follow him until the Day of Judgment. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Empowered Series by Ikna Sisters. In our last session, we talked about Maryam salam and her mother Hannah. Today, we will be talking about Asiya salam, the wife of Fir'aun and the adopted mother of Musa salam. We don't know too much about Asiya salam from either Islamic or Judeo-Christian sources. In the Quran, she is known for finding Musa salam in the river and preventing Fir'aun from killing him, and also for a dua that she makes at the end of her life. We know that she had a high social standing even before marrying Fir'aun, and that she was generous to the needy and was beautiful and rich as well. In other words, she had all the reasons to be an entitled, self-absorbed person, but chose not to be. So she clearly had a mind of her own and did not allow herself to be pressured into following Fir'aun. So why then does the Qur'an only refer to her as Imratu Fir'aun, the wife of Fir'aun, instead of using her name? Why is it that she is only mentioned in reference to him when she was in every way far superior? The answer to this lies in the word Imra'ah. You see, the Qur'an acknowledges the extreme disparity between the two of them by using the word Imra'ah instead of Zoj. This is because the word Zoj implies that the two things in a pair are of a kind, whereas Imra'ah does not have that same meaning. And so by mentioning the two of them together, the differences between them are made even more striking, and our thoughts are immediately drawn to how her bravery, determination, and trust in Allah sharply contrasted Fir'aun's arrogance and disbelief. Likewise, today there are some marriages that are similarly mismatched, where one spouse is abusive towards the other. And we wonder what Allah's wisdom could be behind allowing such marriages to take place. It just doesn't seem fair. And what we forget though is that it is only in Jannah that everyone will be matched with their ideal partner and that this life tests each of us in different ways. But the lesson that people in such troubled marriages can draw from Asiya story is to hold firm to their beliefs no matter what and not allow circumstances to ever distance them from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is the ultimate refuge for all of us. And of course, abuse of any kind has no place in Islam and should never be tolerated. The Prophet said, La darar wa la durar. Do not cause harm to others nor allow yourself to be harmed. Anyone suffering abuse should seek a way out of that situation either through counseling or even divorce if necessary. Now, divorce is a touchy topic in our community and so it's necessary to say this, that even discussing it is difficult because of the value that's placed on keeping the nuclear family intact. And don't get me wrong, preserving a family is very important for the happiness of the individuals in it as well as for society as a whole. And of course, you know, every family goes through difficult moments which are not out of the ordinary. So divorce is discouraged when those issues are able to be resolved through counseling. There are times, however, where family life is harmful to one or another of the spouses. There are issues that cannot be resolved through counseling or that threaten the physical or emotional well-being of one of the spouses. At such times, divorce can be a blessing a way out of a difficult situation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want us to be in. Allah says in a hadith Qudsi, O oh my servants, I have made oppression forbidden, like haram upon myself, and I have made it haram amongst you. So do not oppress one another. This is important to remember when an indi individual who's suffering and considering divorce might be afraid to get it because of the cultural stigma surrounding it. To be clear, there shouldn't be a stigma against divorce because even the Sahaba got divorced. The only advice that our community should spread regarding divorce is that it should not be taken lightly.
And this is a topic for another discussion, inshallah. There's so much to say on this issue. But anyway, taking the steps necessary to get out of an abusive situation requires the same sort of courage that Asya exemplified. And although that can be difficult, it is not impossible to emulate. Surah Talaq contains some verses that may be especially reassuring to a person who is afraid to take the necessary steps to break free from such toxic relationships. I strongly recommend that everyone reads the translation of this surah, Surah Talaq. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us. I mean. So Asya did not have any children with Fir'aun. The scholars say that the reason for this was because Fir'aun was unworthy to have any children through her. We know that she found Musa السلام, in a basket flowing down the river and from the moment she saw him she absolutely loved him. She took great care of him while he lived in the palace and when he started preaching she immediately accepted his message. She kept her faith hidden at first because she knew of Fir'aun's cruelty towards those who refused to accept him as God. For example, the Qur'an tells us the story of the royal magicians who were tortured and killed after accepting the teachings of Musa and Harun So in the beginning, Asiya hid her faith. But the turning point for her was when she witnessed Fir'aun killing another brave, strong woman who had an unshakable iman. Asiya and this woman were not related by blood, nor were they even of the same social status. But they did share the struggle of upholding their faith in the face of opposition from the greatest tyrant of all time. This woman was a hairdresser who worked in the palace. She belonged to a daughter of Fir'aun through some other woman. So one day Fir'aun's daughter hears her hairdresser say, Bismillah. And so she asks her, Who is Allah? Was the hairdresser referring to her father? The hairdresser responds by saying no, and Fir'aun's daughter uh, then asks uh, the hairdresser, should she go ahead and tell her father about this? Like she's basically thre- threatening the hairdresser with Fir'aun's wrath. Now, this was the moment when the hairdresser had to choose between worldly benefit or the hereafter, safety from Fir'aun on one hand or safety from Allah on the other. The threat to her life from Fir'aun would be something immediate and tangible. It wasn't something from the ghayb, like the hellfire, which she had never experienced before, that she could, you know, therefore push out of her mind for now. And... That's a situation that we can all relate to. Sometimes we ourselves give in to a fear for world, worldly consequences that we will face. We rationalize that, you know, we can always seek Allah's forgiveness later. But the hairdresser knew in her heart that she truly believed in Allah, whose power is absolute, greater than Fir'aun's. And she knew that the time had come to take a stand against this tyrant, whatever the worldly consequences may be. And so she told Fir'aun's daughter to go ahead and inform him that the hairdresser worshipped a god other than him. To punish the hairdresser, Fir'aun had a great pit of fire built and told her that he would throw each of her children in the fire along with her unless she renounced her faith. But rather than renounce her faith, she watched two of her children thrown in. She only hesitated when it came to her infant who she was holding in her arms. At that moment, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired the baby to give courage to his mother and say, the torment of this world is nothing compared to that of the hereafter. And so the hairdresser jumped into the fire with her baby. Subhanallah. I tried to imagine myself in her situation after reading her story, and I can only pray that I would have had the courage to do what she did. What a truly amazing woman. We might be able to imagine sacrificing our own lives if necessary, but it's very difficult to imagine watching one's children give up their lives. This also reminds me of the suffering of the Sahaba during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, especially of Amar bin Yasir. Both of his parents were tortured and killed before his eyes, 
And he himself was also tortured to the point that when they demanded that he say that the idol is his God, he did it. And then he came crying to the Prophet ﷺ, but the Prophet ﷺ told him that as long as the faith in his heart was strong, he should do the same thing next time. Tell them what they need to hear. Because our religion is merciful and does not require us to suffer more than we can bear. It should be pointed out that Ammar did resist as much as he was able to before giving in. But when he couldn't handle it anymore, he was not chastised. This is an ease that we have been given in our religion. Walhamdulillah. One final note on the hairdresser, that when the Prophet ﷺ was ascending the heavens during Mi'raj, he smelled a beautiful scent and was told it was coming from the hairdresser and her children. Subhanallah. From recent events, I'm reminded, reminded of Ahad Tamimi, who was arrested by the IDF for refusing to allow their soldiers in her home, as well as Rachel Corey, the civil rights activist who was bulldozed to death by the IDF while attempting to stop the destruction of Palestinian homes, and Heather Hare, who died while being run over by a van while protesting against an alt-right alt -right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia. All of them stood up to oppression despite the danger it posed to them, and Ahad Tamimi was only 16 years old. And a lot of times we think our children are too young, too weak to do great, amazing things, but if we look in our history, we'll see that all of the great people whose names we know of and whose stories we love to tell, they were all young people in their teens, in their 20s, that made these amazing changes to the world and for which they are remembered. I love how in the hairdresser story, as well as in the story of Maryam salam, Allah makes their children a source of strength for them. I love that the already precious bond of mother and child is strengthened with the beauty of protecting the faith of the mother. Likewise, I'm sure we've all experienced making a mistake in front of our kids or doing something contrary to what we had told them, only to have them set us straight. They save us from our own hypocrisy. It also reminds me of another verse in Surah At-Tahrim where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the believers to strengthen themselves and their families from a fire whose fuel is people and stones. In the hairdresser's story, the mother and her children may have perished in this earthly fire, but they saved each other from that terrible fire of the hereafter. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always keep us and our children and our families on the straight path. Ameen. May we help one another in attaining his pleasure. Ameen. Now, Asiya salam's position was very different from that of a powerless servant. When Asiya salam saw what happened to the hairdresser, she confessed her faith to Fir'aun, knowing that he could do something just as awful or even worse to her. And he was so angry at her that he had her dragged to the desert, stripped, tied up, and beaten, all while his concubines and daughters watched her and mocked her. She was not given food or water. But although she was deprived of earthly nourishment and comfort, she could still seek strength in Allah. And so she made the beautiful dua for which she is known. My Lord, build for me near you a house in Jannah. The beauty of this dua is that she asked for nearness to Allah even before asking for a house in Jannah. Such was her love for Allah. As soon as she made this dua, she was shown her house in Jannah, and this caused her to laugh out of joy. When Fir'aun saw her laughing, he was enraged and ordered that a boulder be dropped on her to crush her to death. It was so vengeful of him. And truly, this shows us that the best way to fight back against those who wrong us is to move on and find joy. So anyway, so Asiya continued to make the dua and said, Oh Allah, and save me from Fir'aun and his actions, and save me from the disbelieving people. 
As soon as she completed this dua, her ruh was taken from her body before the boulder could fall on her. Allah did not give Fir'aun the satisfaction to kill her. And although he destroyed her physical body, she received the best and most everlasting reward in the hereafter. And although his body has been preserved by Allah to this day, he will be in everlasting torment. And this teaches us not to allow the apparent victory of an evil person or the defeat of an innocent righteous one to make us question our faith. We have to remember that this world is created to be temporary and the only things that endure are what Allah wills to endure. Look at how the stories and the honor and dignity of these women was preserved for millennia. We only know about them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to elevate them and to not let them be forgotten. Remember how Maryam alayha salam wished that she was forgotten? The trial was too much for her to bear. She didn't understand how beloved to Allah she was. And sometimes neither do we. So often we think that our suffering goes unnoticed, that no one understands our struggles. But Allah does notice and He does keep account of everything. One thing I noticed was that in the midst of all of their struggles, they never said, where is Allah? Why is this happening to me? Why doesn't Allah help me out of this? They never doubted His presence because of the difficulty that they were in. Likewise, we should do our best to remember that Allah is not absent during our trials. He is very near to us. These trials give us an opportunity to call out to Him, to make dua to Him, to renew our faith in Him. May our trials always bring us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and never lead us astray. Ameen. Recently, we've heard on the news that a lot of women have been coming forward to reveal improper behavior that they suffered at the hands of powerful and influential men. We live in a time when once again, wealth and power are increasingly concentrated in the hands of a few, while the vast majority of people suffer for wants of the basics of life. In times such as these, it is even more important for us to turn to our history and seek inspiration from those who struggled in similar situations. The two women mentioned as examples to the believers in the verses of Surah Tahrim are Maryam salam and Asiya salam. But in each of their stories is the story of another woman of strength and faith. We should remember them all because they each have important lessons to teach us. The most important lesson, of course, is that we should always rely on Allah in all situations. May Allah have mercy on all of them and enter them into the highest ranks of Jannah. May He inspire our Ummah with the same courage to stand up for the truth against oppression and to persevere during the toughest challenges. Ameen. Jazakumullah khair for listening. Assalamu alaikum.